God, I pray that tonight that what we learn, they're not just additions to our life, but they're a foundation that's built on, on the truth of your gospel. That when the rain comes, it's not if, but when the rain and the storms come, that we'd be rooted in who you are. God, we know that for a lot of us, we sing these words tonight, um, and we can, it's, maybe it's easy to worship you in, in music, but we walk out the door, and the way we live our life totally doesn't reflect this. The way that we treat others totally isn't lined up with what we're singing. So tonight I pray that you would shake us from that place of being okay um, with not having these things worked into our everyday life. Um, Jesus, we, we welcome you here. We pray this all in your name. And all God's people said, amen. You guys can grab a seat. All right. Uh, if you still if you still need a paper or a pen, you can just raise your hand, and we'll bring you we'll bring you one around. We are starting a new series. Everyone say new series. New series. This is our Wednesday series. So on Sundays we're we're opening our Bible, and that's that series. This win, these Wednesdays we're in a series called Relationship Goals. Everyone say Relationship Goals. Relationship goals. And. Uh, a few housekeeping items before we start this, so track with me here, uh, so you won't be confused in the future. So this is a seven-week series starting today, so after this, there's six weeks left. This, th thank you, Alex, bold. Um, so this is a seven-week series. It builds off of, um, each, each sermon builds off one another. So there is power just in showing up. This series is not like um, a one-time thing that, okay, you take this and you're going to feel better. This is a series that you need to be here every time. Um, so you're able to work through these topics and work through them in your small groups. We're going to be having um, time for that as we break out. Uh, also, we have these books, which I have one right here. And you are all going to get one next week, whether you like it or not right now. Um, relationship books, they're 10 bucks. If you really don't have $10 and if that's um, a financial burden to you, um, then just, just take one anyways. But if you do have $10 or if your parents would let you bring one, that would help subsidize the cost of these books because they're actually more than that. Subsidize, big financial words. I'm an adult. Um, so um, who in here likes relationships? Trick question. Who in here is looking for a relationship? I love how we all think dating. So in this series, this is a good clarifying thing. We are talking about dating relationships, friendships, family, the relationship you have with your barista. I don't know. All these different relationships. We're, we're going to, when we talk about relationship goals, that means all relationships. I will say in this series, we are going to be specifically um, applying this a lot to dating relationships. And you might say, I'm not dating. Awesome. And Allison says, good, don't date. Um, but here's the reality. Um, let's be honest. A lot of our strategy, um, especially with maybe with your parents, is don't date until you're married or whatever. Right? Don't date. Like, let's be honest. Um, here's, here's what I see. With a lot of students, I kind of see your parents um, or, or maybe even your counselors, we don't talk to you much about dating. And then you go to college and you have like zero idea of like how you're supposed to date. And then you just go into college and then you come back and you're just a wreck and you've made all these bad decisions. And you're like, I didn't know what I was doing. And it's like, okay, maybe we should start in high school and actually go through um, these things. So we will be focusing um, a little bit on dating. But even if you're not dating, um, it's maybe one day you will be. 
uh, or you'll know someone who you get to mentor and care for and pray for who is dating. So don't just write off things because you don't feel like you're not in that certain stage of life. You guys tracking? Okay, that's done with housekeeping portion of tonight. Um, so we are talking about relationship goals. And the goal, um, a goal is the result or achievement toward which effort is directed, aim or end. Goal is the result or achievement toward which effort is directed, um, or it's aim or an end uh, result. A lot of us, we want relationships. Who, who in here wants unhealthy relationships? Okay. <laughs> it's like, okay, that person, everyone identify who they are. What if, what if jerks and toxic people would just identify themselves? Um, also, um, we'll, we'll get to that week three. Uh, but tonight, we all want healthy relationships. We want to have a healthy relationship with our family, with our, um, maybe the person we're dating, with our friends. We want healthy relationships. No one would say, sign me up for Baggage Island or whatever, right? No one would say that. Um, that is the fictitious place that I create that a lot of students go. And I say, no, don't go to Baggage Island. And they like, it's going to be awesome. And they go there, <laughs> ship themselves off, and then two years later come back and say, you were right, Joel. Um, what? <laughs> it is Pinocchio. It actually, I'll do a sermon on Pinocchio one time. Um, so we all want healthy relationships, but we don't know what we're aiming for. We don't know what we're aiming for. And think about, we had a, a staff meeting with the, the leaders on Sunday, and we talked about our high school relationships, which was awesome, super fun. And you can ask your high school leader about their relationships in high school, and they'll, um, they'll tell you how awesome it was. And how they would say, they would, they would do anything to go back and, and say, hey, here's, here's what I would t teach myself, which is also why they're probably here, because they care so much about you and they want you to avoid pitfalls. Um, but a lot of you, your relationships, when I think about high school, I kind of feel like your relationships look like this video. So, for a lot of us, we want healthy relationships, but we have no idea what we're aiming at. If we're honest, let's be honest, most of our relationships, it's like they just come to us, right? We inherited them from when we were younger, or, oh, this person gave me attention, so I'm going to hang out with them, or this person thinks I'm cute, or this makes me feel good, so I'll do it. And if we're honest, we're not really aimed at a specific goal or what we think a relationship should look like. We're just kind of driven by our emotions in the moment. You guys, you guys have had these things where your relationships are just kind of emotion-driven. You don't actually step back and say, what's healthy? What's good? Um, we are blind to what is healthy. And I just have a list of reasons why you might be. Um, you might have a distorted view of self-worth. Um, and that could be based off of past experiences and baggage island that you've lived on. Um, which um, You might have little vision of healthy relationships from your family. A lot of your family, you think something is normal, and it's far from normal. And you might get out of high school and you'll realize, whoa, that's actually not how um, a brother is supposed to be. That's not actually how parents are supposed to be. And you might have a distorted vision of what family is. You might have abusive or absent parents. You might, um, yeah, baggage from past relationships, feelings of isolation. So the more technology that we use, actually the more isolated we feel. We have uh, reactive attachment um, disorder. Um, we have, um, sorry, not reactive attachment disorder. Brooks going to call me out on that. We have partial attention, continuous partial attention. There we go. Reactive attachment disorder is something different. We can talk about it later. Um, we are always have partial attention. Um, we have um, changing answers from culture. So right now, where do you go for relationship advice? The Kardashians, right? I don't know, wherever you look. Um, you go to, you go on, 
you go on um, you go on Snapchat and you go to the right and there's all those, you know, how to please a man. And, you, and, and let's be honest, a lot of you probably have clicked on that before, right? They like have these tiles where it's like, I have to click on that. I have to see what's going on. I want to be pleasing to people. And so we get a lot of our information from the culture. Um, and so when it comes to a relationship that's before us, um, we're, our, our vision is blurred. Christians believe that we live in a fallen world where, where things are broken. And so our ability to see clearly and to know that this is healthy and this is good, our emotions that drive us, that they're all kind of distorted. They're distorted because of our past. They're distorted because of our sin. It's hard to see what a healthy relationship looks like. And it, I mean, yeah, bird box. It's like we're blinded from seeing what's, um, what's healthy. So just because you feel it, and just because you think it, and just because the Kardashians say it, doesn't mean it's healthy and good, okay? We need a target that we're aiming for. Um, and the thing that I've, I've seen is people and things get damaged when we don't have a clear aim. People and things get damaged when we don't have a clear aim. Many of you tonight are products of people who thought that they knew it was good, and they totally messed you up. Because they thought they were aiming at the right thing, and they used you, and they were aiming at the wrong thing, and you were a casualty because, yeah, you, yeah, you were just a relationship casualty to them because they were being inappropriate with you. Um, people and things get damaged when we don't have a clear aim. Um, and so if we can't trust our feelings, if we can't trust the culture, where do we go to to figure out what are we aiming at? Where do we go? Jesus, that's good. Jesus as revealed in God's word. The only thing that's unmoving, unchanging, unwavering is the word of God, because the word of God testifies to the God, to Jesus, who is um, unchanging, who is who he says he is. Where the culture might change, where people's opinions might change, the word of God doesn't change, and it is what we are aiming for when it comes to relationships. Isaiah 40 says, the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God stands forever. Um, and so in scripture, that's what gives us a vision of what relationships are supposed to be. Um, so if you um, know, in the very beginning, Genesis 1, anyone know what the, it starts with? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created. Before time, is a God exists in relationship. A God who exists in relationship with himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Trinity. So the idea that God was bored and he needed a game to play with. And so he created us to somehow, because he wanted us to worship and make him feel good because he has self-esteem issues, is ridiculous. God is complete in relationship with himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And out of the overflow of that dance of love, um, which is actually uh, a famous author that I love, calls it a dance of love, which when I say it out loud, sounds awesome. Um, out of the overflow of that relationship creates, and it creates people. Um, creates in genesis 1 3 god creates light and darkness and says it was good water and land and says it was good he creates vegetation and kale and fun things like that and what does he say he says it, it was good and then he creates the sun and the moon to govern the day and the night and he says it was good he creates the sea and the birds and he says it was good and he creates all the animals and the hippopotamus and he says it was good it was dangerous, also true. The first time, listen to this. I was looking through my Bible this morning, and the first time that God says that something is not good, does anyone know what it is? 
The first time he says, this, was not, this is not good. He says, it's not good for man to be alone. Which specifically right there, he's talking about Adam. Um, it's not good for Adam to be alone. That he, he's going to need Eve. The idea is that God is in a relationship, and so us being made in his image means we are created for relationships. Turn to someone and say, we are created for relationships. Um, for God, relationships are a big deal. You can't just, you cannot just read your Bible on your own and not, and just like hang out in your house. You can't be a Christian in isolation. It doesn't, you can't. Um, religious leaders, they tried to trap Jesus and they wanted Jesus to, um, they, they basically were like, you know, well, how do you get eternal life? How do you inherit eternal life? And Jesus is like, what, what do you think? Um, and the, the, the one of the religious leaders says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. Do this and you will live. So love your God with all your heart. I don't know what this translation is. With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. Most people think that's it. What's the point of Christianity? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Yay. And we go to church, and we raise our hands in worship, and love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we write blogs about we want to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we go home and read the Bible with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Meanwhile, being a total JA to our family and to our friends and leaving a wake of, of relationships where we just treat people like trash behind us. For Jesus, these things are connected, that the way that we love each other is the way that we love God and worship God. Actually, in, a, in a, another part of the gospel, she says, whenever you love someone who is on the margins, who is on the side of society, whenever you love someone who is in prison, who is sick, whenever you extended and had a relationship with someone who needed, that's, it's like you were looking at me in the eyes. It's like you were looking at me in the eyes. Jesus cares about how we treat people. He wants us to have relationships. Um, but relationships take work. You guys can write that down. Relationships take work. Um, does anyone ever want a, like a fish at a carnival? Yeah? Um, are your parents stoked when you win a fish at a carnival? Why are they not excited that you won such a fish? Because it takes work. Okay, so here's the deal. Um, I was super into, um, that is funny emo, by the way. I was super into fish growing up. And um, super into fish. And I had a whole, yeah, whole, whole tank. Not going to go into everything. <laughs> I could name, I had mollies, I had this Baja shark, I had these sucker fish. Incredible things. I think I was doing so well that the fish actually had babies. I think that was a good thing for how I took care of the fish. Yeah, I took care of the ecosystem so well. But here's the thing. My parents, I had to make a full contract to own these fish because they knew that I was not going to take care of them unless I really like knew spelled out. Because you, you have to check the, the pH levels of the tank, right? You have to like, you can take it into Petco or you can buy the really expensive kit. You have to, if there's algae, you have to clean it off the sides of the tank. You have to check the, the heat of the tank to make sure it's like between like 72, 76 degrees in the tank. You have to make sure the fish get along together. Did you know that? Some fish eat each other. Have that experience. Um, these aren't, um, you have to clean the filters. You have to watch out for overcrowding. My mollies, there's a fish called mollies. If your name's Molly, it's not you. Um, there was, uh, I had a fish called a Molly. They had babies. Then they had, they had literally 100 babies in my fish tank. Too many babies. What do you do? So you got to buy a littler fish tank to go inside the fish tank that hangs there because they were eating each other. It was crazy. The bigger fish, they were eating their kids. I'm like, what are you doing? Okay. Um, 
Long story short, this is how fish tanks work. But often we treat relationships like a betta fish, which th those just don't die. You just like shove those in a corner and like it lives for five years. Anyone know what betta fish is? Um, relationships take work and they become imbalanced and you have to check them and make sure things are healthy. Um, and so if it's the same for fish, why would it be different for relationships? And so we have this model, RAM. You see guys? It's, it is probably the size of an actual ram. Um, this is going to, track with me here. This is going to help us. It's like when I was checking my fish tank for the pH levels to check the nitrate and the ammonia acids and all this stuff. And I need to figure out what was balanced, what was not. And so this is kind of how you're gonna check your relationships to see what's balanced, what do I need to change, um, what do I need to fix. And so we'll get into that in a second, but it's kind of hard, you know, no trust, rely, commit, touch. These are hard, it's like five things you gotta memorize. So just for you, we created this. That's why Zach's not here. <laughs> um, so yeah, we actually, so we made that for our children's program. The whole church is going through this series and actually that is currently being played at like churches around the nation and um, it is true. So. Um, because we helped create this uh, curriculum. So uh, that is happening. If you see any of those people in that video, uh, stare at them, I don't know. Um, yeah, give them a high five. So um, no trust, rely, commit, and touch. Those are um, the keys to our relationships that we're going to be talking about right now. Um, okay, I have like 10 minutes, so we're going to track with this, and we're going to go to small groups, so we're going to try to rip through this thing right now. All right, uh, we're going up here. What is no? The extent you are aware of someone's thoughts, dreams, feelings, experiences, um, you guys can write no. Um, so you probably know people in your family more than you know um, somebody else. The top of these, um, top of these faders are different for depending on your relationship. So your family might be all the way up here, um, and, and up here means they know like where I was born and they know what what ticks me off and blah blah blah. Um, up here for like. Um, the teller that works at Disneyland or something could just be that they have like, I don't know, that they know that you have a Disneyland pass or something, okay? Um, so depending on the relationship, the, the top will be different. Um, so knowing, you come to know someone over time through being together and through talking. The three T's, time, togetherness, and talking, okay? So um, you might say, oh man, I hear this all the time. We, were, we, we knew each other so well. When, and then, like, we, we knew each other, and it was like we were best friends in junior high. And then something happened when we got to high school, and it just went all the way down here and whatever. <laughs> Fell off. <laughs> so it's because you stopped spending time, and you, were, you stopped being together. You stopped talking. And so the no went down. Um, so this is no. Um, this next one is trust. The more that you know someone, usually the more you trust them, unless you know they're a serial killer, and then you don't trust them at all. Um, so you might know, like I know Adam, uh, we grew up together, we have a, a great friendship, and um, so I trust him with, um, just like when we, we're, we are in a small group together, and I trust him with things that I tell him. Um, I know that he is super detail-oriented, and so when we talk about things, I know that he's gonna come through. And so um, me knowing, it changes what I think about him, and I can trust him. Um, rely, everyone say rely. Rely. 
Rely is different than trust. Trust is what you think about someone. Rely is like what you actually have trusted them with. Let me tell you, you have all, like you've been placed in a group project before. You have no idea who the people are. You don't really trust them. I mean, I guess there's a lot of commitment because you're in a group project. I don't, yep. Um, <laughs> it's weird. But you have to rely on them a lot, and you know nothing about them, right? Um, so rely, um, you can have a low sense of trust because you know Jimmy's not going to come through with this part of the group project. But you have to rely on Jimmy. Do you get how trust and rely are different? Okay. Next thing is commit. Commit. Um, commit is, um, it has to do with promise. You might make a promise to someone. That's part of commitment. It's promise. But you can make a promise, and you can break it. Um, so it's not just promise. It's coming through, um, and it's being actually being present. People can get married, and they can make a commitment, but they're actually not present um, with each other in that relationship. So the commitment goes down. Um, and then touch. Touch? Okay, so yes, this can be sexual touch. Um, but it's also, say it's also. It's also. It's also high fives, handshakes. Also, it can be. Um, thank you. Thank you. It can also be, okay, uh, you're, maybe you're a freshman girl, and you just started coming to church. You just started coming to Trinity, and you don't know anybody. Your name is Sally. You don't know anyone. You don't trust anybody. You kind of have to rely on people at church because, like, you asked them where the bathroom was, and you got to figure out where it is. You have no commitment. You're here for the first time. Your parents made you come. And you get to small groups, and they want you to get deep, and they want you to tell them what's really going on in your heart. And, you, and they, so touch can also just be a sense of intimacy that comes from deep conversations. And this, here's what I want you to see. This is the first law, and Adam, if you put the law up there, um, it's called being outside the safe zone equals risk. The safe zone, um, if you're outside the safe zone, it's when something on the right is higher than something on the left. Something, so if something is higher um, on the right than what's on the left. So you, they're asking you to have more intimacy than you know them. This is risk. You guys see this? Okay. So let's just imagine there's a relationship in high school where, oh, my gosh, oh, we know each other so much. We texted until 3 in the morning. You think you know him, but really, let's be honest. Um, I trust him with, you know, my whole life, and I'm relying on him for my emotional security, and we have so much dependency on each other. No commitment. Who needs that? Touch me, right? This is. But we don't know any relationships like this, do we? Don't look at your friends. We'll cut this from the podcast. Don't worry. All right. All right. So here's the deal. So. Hey, by the way, you're all going to get mini RAM charts next week. It's going to be awesome. Um, so you so you don't want to trust someone? So this would be unhealthy, right? This is unhealthy because you trust them a lot, and you know nothing about them. All right. Does this make sense? This is the first law. Okay, I have like two more minutes, and I'm going to tell you these other laws. And um, this series is kind of like a spiral where we're going to kind of, you're going to hear this next week, but you're going to apply it to your relationship so you get to get deeper in it. Um, okay, really quick, a couple more minutes. Second law, your relationship will become imbalanced with life experiences. This is normal. Everyone say, this is normal. This is normal. Okay. 
I really want to avoid people saying that's a bad relationship or that's a toxic person. I think there are toxic people. Here's what a toxic person is. Do you want to know what a jerk is? Yeah. A jerk toxic person is someone who either, it's someone who is, maybe, maybe they're aware of, of stuff that's going on and maybe they, they've had a lot of things happen in their life, but they're unwilling to change. They are unwilling to change. That can be a toxic person. Um, someone who is just a jerk and they're toxic and they're tearing you down and they're not moving forward. That could be some people in this room. We've all been toxic at different points. Um, but what I want us to say, instead of saying that's a bad relationship, I want you to say that relationship is imbalanced. <laughs> Over time, your relationships become imbalanced. I hear this all the time. Man, the sophomore girls. We, sorry, I'm just using it as an example. This is not you. No. No, I'm, I'm going to, I mean, we could use anyone. You could say fill in the blank. Um, we used to be really close, and now we're not as close anymore, right? And I hear, I've heard this with every single class. I have heard we used to be close, and now we're not. And it's because they suck, and they're awful. Stop blaming and recognize imbalance is normal, and it's probably because your no is down, and you need more talk togetherness and time. You need 10 hours of shared experience with someone in order to feel safe and connected. And so unless you invest 10 hours consistently in a row, you're not going to feel those things. All right? So if you stop coming to church for a month and you come back and you're like, oh, we used to be so close and now no one cares about me. That's imbalance. Stop blaming. It's imbalanced. And we can get back to health. Okay? Um, cool. A couple other things. Your relationships will lose momentum over time. Some of you, you've been experiencing this since you were in junior high, and you've had relationships that were awesome, and they deflate like a balloon. Relationships are like balloons. They deflate, and you have to put more energy into them in order for them to remain balanced. Your relationships are not automatic. Everyone say that. My relationship is not automatic. You got, it takes work. All right, last one. You will need frequent maintenance. Um, you will need frequent maintenance. Um, you'll need to have frequent maintenance. Um, so tonight, we're talking about all of our relationships during this series, but tonight, here's the thing. You're going to have those conversations already in a relationship. And that, that's the relationship with people in your class. And so before we're even able to open up and be honest about our relationships, we need to do like kind of a diagnostic and a check on how is our class doing. And so you might say, Something's off with our class. We're imbalanced. Or I, just, I don't feel safe. Or I don't know what's going on. Um, and tonight, I just want you to think through this. Where, what do you think is going on in your relationship with your class? Maybe you don't feel like people are committed, and you kind of feel like things are like this. I don't know. Like Maybe we used to trust each other, and we don't anymore. Uh, like I rely on them a lot, but, but they're not really committed. They're not here. And, um, and, but we shared all these experiences, and, and you're just like, our commitment's low. Um, and so you can recognize that and say, okay, um, how do we adjust this? How do we be more committed? How do we do that? So tonight, um, what are the barriers that keep your class, that keep just rela your relationships um, from being balanced and being healthy? What are those things? Um, the days of just blaming somebody else is over. It's a relationship, so we have to take responsibility for these things. And it is God's will for your life. It's his commandment for you that you would do this that you would have these relationships. Um, I don't know about you, but it's kind of freeing, the idea that relationships become imbalanced, that they're not just bad, um, but that we just got to keep working on them. Um, 
Did we fill out all these things? You guys feeling good? All right. So um, if you're a leader and you don't have your small group questions, you can come to me. Next week, if you can bring 10 bucks. Um, but regardless, we're going to give you one of these booklets. Come next week. It's going to be awesome. Um, we love you guys so much. Um, all right. Let me, uh, let me just say a prayer for your small groups, and then we'll go. Um, okay. Um, so, God, we, we confess that we've often blown it in our relationships. And we haven't really had a strategy. Some days we're happy with our friends. Some days we're just ticked off at them. Um, and if we're honest, we just don't really know what's wrong and we don't know a way forward. And we've just been kind of stumbling through and just following our emotions or following scripts that we've been given from maybe how we've seen our family or other friends do it. And we need something else. And we need you. So tonight I pray that you would search our hearts, that you would know us, um, and that you would show the things that, that need to change, because you want to bring life um, and healing to our relationships with each other. And we want to listen to your command tonight when you say, love your neighbor as yourself. And we want to know that we can love ourselves because you love us, Jesus. We thank you. We praise you. And all God's people said, amen. All right, so we're going straight to our small group rooms. If you don't know where that is, you can come talk to me. We love you guys.